Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. He somehow just always keeps me on this really short lease just to trust him. Just to trust him that I always, every single day, have to keep my eyes and my focus on him. And I'm so grateful. You know, like this morning, the team, the team is leading. You know, I'm not just leading worship this morning. The whole team's leading worship this morning out of their need and their desperation for Jesus. Did you sense that this morning? Yeah, did you just sense the presence of the Lord in the house this morning. And can you sense it here right now? God is doing something this season, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I pray that you're here for it too. Parents, I pray that you're here for it. I pray that your children would be here for it. And if your children aren't here for it yet, keep praying for them to be here for it. Amen? Amen? We stand in the gap for our children, don't we? Yes, we do. The Bible says one generation shall praise the works to another. But before I get into it, I just want to thank you guys for the past this summer as I help People's Church in Surrey. Um, it has been an awesome blessing to be an extension of our house into a, to a church that really needs help this season. I don't know if any of you know or are familiar with People's Church in Surrey, but uh, Pastor Jake and I were at a funeral a few weeks ago. Um, one of our pastor friends had suddenly passed away, and so we were there and Um, we were walking out to leave and another pastor walked out and he called my name and he was like, Jenny McGrew. He's like, just the person I was looking for. And I was like, oh, hey, Pastor Ken, how are you doing? And he's like, I need you to help me with something. And I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming because the Lord seems to always have me on some sort of apostolic mission. My last apostolic mission was helping Trinity Western University last year and my contract came to an end. And I, I had this like chuckle and I was like, oh, I was wondering, Lord, how long it would last before I had my next little uh, apostolic mission. And he said, would you help me? And I said, well, why don't we meet this week? I'll go to your church and I'll see what the Spirit of God says, you know, because lots is happening here right now. And I met with him and I prayed about it. And I said, yeah, I can help you till this time. And so I spoke to the worship team about it at just a couple of music practices we were at. And, you know, I would say, are you not so proud of them? I wasn't here last week and there was a whole worship team. I was so proud of them. Sophia is just like, just threw her on the keys, and she's like, yeah, I'll do it. And you know what? This is a really good opportunity for us to be the body of Christ. Amen? You know, if we needed help, I'd sure be thankful if another church helped us if we needed help. Amen? You know, and, and we're praying for churches each and every week. You know, we're, we're praying for the kingdom of God each and every week. And, you know, Jake and I were talking, and I said, I don't want to be that church that says, you can have my heart, but not my hands. You know, I don't, I don't want to be that person to you that says, hey, you can, be, you can have my heart, but I'm not, you know. Praise the, praise the Lord, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to help you, you know, like in, in that, like, help, you know, one-on-one help. And so this church needed help, and it's been really awesome because um, just through my connections, just able to rally other churches together to help. So I have a friend from another church who's leading worship there this morning, so I'm just really grateful for the servant heart in this house that enables us to be able to help other churches, amen? It's a good thing to help, amen? Say it, say it's a good thing. To help others. Yeah, come on. Amen. Okay, so turn in your Bibles this morning to First uh, Thessalonians 5.16 to 18 we're going to look at this morning. And I want to plow through this because if you're going to the picnic or you got plans after church, uh, you're probably thinking about that right now. So 
please give me 20 minutes and I will do my best to plow through this message. And I can already hear Jake probably laughing inside, being like, yeah, she can't do any message in 20 minutes, but I'm going to do my best. But I was praying for all of you as I got ready this week. And um, my heart's really with people this season um, in um, a very extraordinary way. As I, people, as I see people um, go through a lot, as I watch people maybe screaming at their children in Walmart who maybe don't have Jesus, and they just don't know how to be a parent, they don't have the tools, maybe they don't have provision, you know? I, I look at marriages this season who've been so challenged. I look at our pastor friends, you know, who are dealing with more than a lot, and some of them just dropping out of the race, you know? I'm mindful of things that are going on in your life in this, in this room this morning. And it causes me to have eyes to see in a way that I didn't have before, ears to hear. And I pray that it causes me to have even greater eyes to see and ears to hear, to have a heart of compassion, that we wouldn't just be for one another, but we would be with each other. Amen? Amen. So this message this morning is for those of you who have felt defeated, lonely, discouraged, like perhaps you've missed it and maybe your ship has sailed. This message this morning is to those of you who have, who have felt like you've been in this never-ending wilderness season. Perhaps you're tired. You're feeling a little worn, haggard, and weary this morning. This message today is for those of you who've been feeling stuck. Is there anyone, anybody here that's felt stuck this season? Perhaps you felt like it's a wilderness season that would never end, and you've climbed over a mountain only to find another mountain on the other side and you know you climb over a mountain I don't know if you've ever climbed Mount Shem anybody climb Mount Shem it's a hall man you know and you're just like I just want to see the view we actually hiked it last Labor Day with our friends and we're like yeah we're gonna see the view finally like, I, I'd never done it in my life you know what we get to the top of Mount Shem and it's clouded over <laughs> and it's clouded over but we did it you know perhaps you were Perhaps you're believing for something that didn't happen when you thought that it would happen. Perhaps you're in a season where you're beginning to doubt the voice of God because things haven't happened and you're wondering if you even know how to hear the voice of God or if he's even here for you. Maybe you're in a marriage today where you're feeling hopeless and all you see is what is wrong with your spouse and you've lost the ability to see what you even loved about them in the first place. Perhaps you've been holding on to this picture that God gave you for your life and you're like, was that actually from you, Lord? Will it ever happen Maybe you're at the end of your rope today and you're just sitting here thinking, maybe this is just as good as it gets. Maybe I just need to settle. Maybe this is just as good as it gets. And maybe I should just give up. I pray that you would not give up and lose heart in the name of Jesus. I want to say to all of those thoughts today, and if that's you, just close your eyes for a minute. If that's you, I don't want to single anyone else. We'll just close our eyes. We won't lift hands. Satan is a liar. Satan is a liar. Satan is a liar. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that any voices of discouragement, any voices of defeat that have brought discouragement and despair in your life would be washed today in the presence of the Lord in the name of Jesus, that you would leave this room feeling more hopeful, that you would feel today feeling encouraged and remembering your why you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this and that hope would rise in Jesus' name. 
Church, God is in the business of restoration this season. I truly believe that. I truly believe that we are living in the last days and that things are accelerating. I truly believe that we need to be watching and waiting this season and not asleep. I truly believe that. I truly believe that if you can, you should be at First Wednesday this Wednesday seeking the face of God with your church family. If you were here at First Wednesday last, last month, you would have saw how powerful it was as we just stood at the front and we begin to sing, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. It is time. It is time. It is time to get serious about the things of God. I believe God has a word for you today. My message is called today, and the password is thank you. Say thank you. You've heard me say this before a million times, and I'm going to say a million and one today. Prayer asks... But Thanksgiving, <laughs> Kayla's like, prayer asks, but Thanksgiving, let's say it together. Prayer asks, but Thanksgiving receives. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 in the New King James. We have it. Jaden. It says, rejoice always. Say rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Say, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, rejoice always. Look at your other neighbor. Say, pray without ceasing. Look at Jesus. <laughs> in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, for me, for you. Look at your neighbor. Say, that's for you. That's for you. First Thessalonians 5, this, this passage in the Passion says, Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. I love that. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything. Say everything. We all got an everything this morning, don't we? I don't know what your everything is, but we all got an everything. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. Be always. Say always. What does always mean? So does that ever mean there's a moment where I'm not? No. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Church, God's will for our lives. I think so often we make it, well, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. You know, we got to go back to the word. The centralities of the word to keep us centered, to keep the main thing, the main thing, Jesus Christ. God's will for our lives is to rejoice always. That's it, yeah, for this scripture, that's what it's saying. Pray without ceasing in everything give thanks. God's will for your life is to, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything. Well, thank you, Lord, that my dog died. Well, that was kind of sad. No. You know what? Thank you, Lord, that you can give me joy in the midst of my animal dying. Have you ever had an animal that died and it just broke your heart? I had a cat named Lambert when I was little. I loved Lambert. I loved Lambert so much. And I, yeah, it broke my heart when my cat died. And I cried for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
you know? But the prayer would be, Lord, would you just, I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your joy. I thank you that I had the ability to love something so much, you know? So we're not thanking God for everything, but we're thanking him in everything. Can you thank God in the midst of having a broken marriage? Yes, you can. Can you thank God in the midst of having what the world would say you have an incurable disease? Yes, you can. Can you thank God in the midst of a frustrating relationship when you just want to punch him in the face? Yes, you can. Say, yes, I can. Yes, I will. Say it again. Say, yes, I can. And yes, I will. See, this is why we got to have our faces in the Bible to remind ourselves of what we are called to do and what we can do so that faith arises in our heart. Have you driven in traffic lately? Have you driven the freeway lately? I don't know what has happened, but it's like 10 million people have been added to the Fraser Valley. Are you with me? Am I the only person that's wondering this? I am trying to find every back road. I know Greendale and Yarrow really well now. Like... Like, really well. Okay, I drove from High Street yesterday down Downs Road and all the way back just to get to Costco because I was like, I just don't want to be frustrated and have to, like, oh. <laughs> but can I be thankful in that when someone cuts me off? Yeah, I can. I just want to bring it home for a moment. Can we be thankful? Yeah. Say, yes, we can. Yes, we will. In the midst of trials, church, in the midst of trouble, and in the midst of pain, in the midst of hurt, we can say, thank you. Say, thank you. The Lord challenged me. It was about 90 days ago. And I went to grab my phone one morning, like we all do. Well, maybe I'm the only one. You go to get up at 5 in the morning, and you go grab your phone. And he said, uh-uh, I don't want you to grab your phone yet. He said, I want you to thank me before you grab your phone. And he said, in fact, I want you to say thank you before you do anything in the morning from now on. And I obeyed in that moment, and I've continued to every single day. I haven't missed a day yet. I pray that I don't miss a day. But it started my morning on this focus moment of Thank you. I need to be thankful. I need to be thankful for everything. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in my family. I thank you for what you're doing in my church family. I pray for you guys every single day. I pray for you. I pray for you. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Lord, I thank you that you've called them into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh, their provider. Lord, I thank you that they would have hope in this season and that they would not give up and they would, they would not quit. God, I thank you for your presence, even in, in, a, in, a, in a time, in a season, Lord Jesus, where it could seem like your presence was so lacking in people. Lord, I thank you that wherever we go, that we're able to bring the very presence of God in whatever realm we're in and change the atmosphere, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that I can be standing next to the person in Walmart who's just hurting, Lord Jesus, and just even by me standing next to her, Lord, that, she, that hope would rise in her heart, Lord Jesus, because that's who you are. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that I'd have eyes to see people, Lord Jesus, and get my eyes off myself this season. Amen. You know, so as we're reading scriptures like this, we have to be mindful. Have you ever had the thought, you know, because we can ask the question, why isn't life easier? Why is life so hard? Well, these scriptures would lead me to believe that life wasn't going to be easy. <laughs> right? Right? The Apostle Paul wrote this. 
Rejoice always. Say rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. What he was saying was, I love you so much, I'm going to give you the tools to help get through life just a little bit better. John 16, Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. We have these tools, and we can help other people. We can help other people have these tools as well. It can be easy. It can be so easy, okay? And I have, <laughs> I'm going to share some scientific facts, as you know I like to do. Um, and I'll make fun of myself in a minute, as I like to, too. But I know it can be really easy. Have you caught yourself complaining, you know? You know, Darlene has not caught herself complaining. She just said, no. <laughs> it can be really easy to complain this season, but God has a word for us today, and it's to be thankful. In my last message, I quoted Joyce Meyer, and she said, complain and remain, or praise and be raised. Amen? In everything, give thanks. Make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, always be giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for your life. So if this is God's perfect will and plan for our life, God's will for you today is to be a thankful person. I would have liked to have heard them, actually, like. <laughs> God's perfect will for you, according to this scripture, is to be a thankful person. We're not called to be complainers. We're called to be thankful. And guess what? We can and we will because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in us. We have this word inside of us that can be our continually our continually continual feasting day and night, night and day to help us in our weakness. Amen. The word thanks, uh, Jaden, can you put uh, first the 18th verse up there in New King James? The word thanks in there, and you've heard me talk about this before, is the Hebrew word Eucharistio. Say Eucharistio. It comes from the word Eucharist. Okay. And in the word Eucharist, I didn't have them do slides this week. Um, everybody was two weeks off, so I didn't want to give people work to do this week. But um, in the word Eucharist is the word charis, which means grace. <laughs> which means grace. It's where we get the word grace from. And Eucharistio, so when he's saying in everything give thanks, what it literally means is God's grace works well. Let me say that again. God's grace works well. Say that. God's grace works well. So when we're in the middle of something and it's really tough to be thankful, am I the only one who's been in situations where it's been tough to be? Has it ever been tough for you to be thankful? Just lift your hand up. It's good for people to see they're not the only one. I'm not the only one. What you're saying is, is I'm going to be thankful in this situation and it's going to release the grace of God because God's grace works well. And when we thank God in that situation, it actually releases the grace of God in our life. Have you ever just like walked around complaining? And before you knew it, you didn't even want to be around yourself anymore? Okay, I've actually, I can remember at least two or three times that I have complained in front of my dog and my dog left the room. My dog left the room. Dog didn't even want to be around me. Didn't want to be around me. 
So if God's grace works well when we give thanks, what's happening when we complain? It puts us in a deficit. And you could be like, why am I not feeling the grace of God? Oh, what am I talking about? What am I saying? Am I removing, the gra- am I removing myself from the grace of God? Jesus, feed, uh, Jesus feeds uh, the 5,000. So let's look at Mark 8, verse 6 to 8. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. Say, gave thanks. He broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. You guys know this really well. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he, sat, he said to set them before them. So they ate, and they were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. You guys know this story? The disciples are basically telling Jesus, I don't know how this is going to happen. Like, Jesus, you got seven loaves and two fish. Say seven loaves and two fish. Do you think that's naturally going to feed a multitude? Uh Uh-uh, it's not. It's not. Not in the natural, it's not. But it said that Jesus gave thanks. Can we go back to that? Jesus gave thanks. Can we go back to verse 6, Jaden? Say, gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks in the middle of an impossible situation. Are you in an impossible situation this season? We kind of are, actually. Actually, we kind of are right now. A little bit. Are you feeling stuck this season? You feel like you might be in a wilderness season? having relational issues this season? (laughs) Jesus stood in an impossible situation. And because he knew the power of thanks, he lifted up what didn't seem like more than enough. And he gave thanks. And he said, God's grace works well. Did you get that? We're in the middle of something right now. I wake up in the morning. Thank you. God's grace works well. Amen. Look at your neighbor today and say, God's grace works well. Aiden's family was in a car accident. And thank God they're okay. And give thanks to God because you're okay. Amen. God's grace works well. Works well. And when we're complaining, when we're bickering, when we're fussing, like, don't have this and don't have that, and wow, you're kind of like, why would I marry you? You know, I'm just talking about marriage issues here. I'm not going to pick on anybody else. I'm going to pick on you. What we're saying is, you know what? God's grace doesn't work. It doesn't work. Maybe it works for them, but it doesn't work for me. Uh-uh. That's unbelief. God's bringing us back to the word today to remind us to be thankful and to understand what the power of our thanks does in impossible situations what the power of thanks does when someone hurts your feelings but you thank god for them anyway have you ever had that has someone ever hurt you on that note you can't get through life without someone hurting you okay you can't if you find the secret let me know 
But there is no secret because we're not going to get through life without being hurt. But we can say thank you. But we can say thank you. So there's something that happens. It's, it's not saying the thank you when things are easy, okay? There's something that happened because there's a key in here. Um, can we go back to verse 6? Is it still up there? It says, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. They gave thanks and he broke them. Say broke them. I wish I had something to break right now, but I don't actually. Do you need this card? Yeah. Can I rip it? Okay. And he broke them. And he broke them. Something happens when we give thanks in tough situations, when we give thanks for tough relationships in our life, when we give thanks for impossible situations, it breaks our soul in a good way before the Lord for God to come and do what he only can do. Amen? What it's saying is, you know what? I can't do this in my own strength, but Jesus, you can. And it's in the breaking where God's grace can work well. Amen? It's in the breaking. It's in the breaking. And I'm praying this season, man, you got to think about what you pray before you pray it, seriously. You know, it can be like, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, actually, he probably did answer your prayer. You just didn't like the result. Break my heart. I said it in worship today, and I said it for our whole church. Lord, break our hearts. Break our hearts this season, Jesus. Break our hearts this season, Lord. But there's something supernatural that happens in the breaking. The blessings and the supernatural power of God flow. Say flow. There's something about giving thanks in tough situations when it isn't easy, when things seem impossible, but we do it anyway. I believe that it not only moves the heart of God, but it moves the hand of God to do what only he can do. Some of us are believing God for things, and we don't understand why it's not coming to pass. And what God is saying to you today, are you thanking me? Are you being thankful? Are you being like the children of Israel complaining in the wilderness? And we're wondering why our wilderness season is lasting so long. And I'm like, well, I've seen this mountain again. I'm seeing this mountain again. And year after year, we're going around the mountain. And God's giving you a key today to set us free. The password is, the password is, thank you. Amen? There's something supernatural that takes place when we could give thanks to God for someone who has hurt us, abused us, or mistreated us. There's something supernatural that takes place when we can rejoice and give thanks in the midst of trials and impossible situations. I'm thinking right now of Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. What were they doing at midnight? They were praying and they were singing hymns. It was not a BC prison. It would have been disgusting. You would have had like Lysol wipes and like, uh, you would have smelled really bad. I can barely use an outhouse. I'm actually just finally okay with using an outhouse. It's amazing what happens when you have to use something. <laughs> I can do all things to Christ. But what happened in that story is they were praising and singing hymns at midnight and giving thanks to the Lord in an impossible situation. What happens? If you know that story, we're not going to look at it today. The prison doors opened up. Some of us are, are held prisoner today to our own soul. We're actually held captive inside. And what God is saying, I'm giving you a key of thank you to set you free. To set you free. 
Some of you have been complaining for years, and God is saying, you know what? Today is your moment. I'm giving you a key. The password is thank you. It's just thank you. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Oh, good. I get to the geek part. I love the geek part. Okay. You want to hear some science? It's kind of started something fun in our family. I don't think it's going to go away. Or not. It's not fun for me, but it's funny for you. The average person complains anywhere from 15 to 30 times a day. Research from Stanford University has also found that complaining reduces the size of our hippocampus. Okay, I'm going to tell you what that is. Don't worry which is responsible for memory and problem solving. The study also found that engaging in complaining or simply hearing someone, say hearing someone, <sighs> complain for more than 30 minutes, say 30 minutes, could physically damage your brain. I want you to remember this, okay? Because I was sharing this with Jake. And I said something to him yesterday. He's like, I don't want to get brain damage. Can you be quiet? <laughs> so I don't want you to get brain damage. <laughs> so it's actually started something in our family, which is, I, I kind of like it actually, because it causes you to really be like, oh, don't complain. It's like, no, this is actually what's happening. This is actually what's happening. And I believe the Lord's opening is going to open some of our eyes today. Just like human beings in general, our brains generally don't want to work any harder then they absolutely have to, okay? So when we repeat certain behaviors, say behaviors, like complaining, okay? Just track with me here for a minute. Don't worry, it's not gonna be too long. Our neurons branch out to one another to make information more easily transferred. It's what, like what they call pathways in the brain, okay? The more frequently you complain, you increase your likelihood of thinking negative thoughts later. In neuroscience, the phrase synapses that fire together wire together, okay? So what happens is if you have a negative thought, okay, you have another... Because what it's trying to do, whether the thought's good or bad, is to get there faster so you think faster, okay? So that's why when people say what you think about, you become, that's why, okay? Within the brain, there are a constellation of synaptic clefts between synapses, pretend you know what that means. Every time you have a thought, one synapse sends a chemical signal across the synaptic cleft to another synapse, okay? It's just building a bridge. Over time, bridges are built for which electrical signals can travel. These electrical signals carry the relevant information you're thinking about with their charge. Since the shortest distance between synapses wins the race, it also is just as possible for positive, say positive, circuits to be developed to experience positive thoughts more frequently than negative ones. So once you have a thought, it's much easier for you to have that thought again. It's good for positive thoughts, for thankful thoughts, for thoughts of gratitude, but it's not great news for pessimists, okay? Good news for pessimists, though. Today can be the first day of our lives, amen? Not only are you more likely to have negative thoughts, but you are more likely to randomly experience negative thoughts going about your daily business, which can lead to depression and things like that, okay? But the opposite's true for Thanksgiving. It increases the health of our brain and brings life to our body. 
I've said a few of these things before, but our life is going to go in the direction of our most dominant thoughts out of the abundance. And we preached on this, I think it was last year, earlier this year, out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks. And I heard one person say one time, show me your words and I'll show you your future. But I want to look at Psalm 100 because this talks about the password is thank you. Okay, Psalm 100 in the New King James Version says, and you guys know this psalm really well. And this song actually is an invitation psalm. It's a psalm of invitation. There's four psalms of invitation. This is one of them. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Say shout. All you lands. Say lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Let's say it together, actually. Let's start from the beginning. Oh, no, we're going to start from verse 1. Jaden, can you get it? Verse 1. Got it? Verse 1. Oh, we're glitching. There we go. We're going to read it together. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Next verse. We're going to keep going. Is it glitching? Okay, we're going to leave it then. Okay. It's going to get weird. Almost already is. Okay. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Say singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Remember that? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Say thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Okay, let's read that in the message. Will that come up? Oh, you got it. Oh, we got it. Verse 1. There we go. On your feet now. Okay, so this is in the message translation, which Eugene Peterson wrote. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Say, sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God, and God... God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. This is where I want to land. Enter with the password. Thank you. Church, enter. (laughs) Do you like that? I liked it too. The Lord was speaking to me about it all week. I'm like, I know that's in the Bible somewhere. Enter with the password. Thank you. Have you been feeling stuck? Have you been feeling like you're in a wilderness? Have you been feeling like you're in a prison? Have you been feeling something that you're just like, I just can't get to the next thing? That's God's word for you today. He's saying, enter with the password, thank you. He's literally giving you a key. He's giving you a key. Hold on, I have some keys here somewhere. I got more than one. Who's this speaking to this morning? This is one person. Who's this speaking to? Anyone? Jacob. God's giving you a key this morning, and I believe it's going to set you and Beth free in the name of Jesus. New realms. New realms. No more stuck. In the name of Jesus, and it shall be done. In Jesus' name. So you could say, well, I say thank you one time, and I'm not going to be stuck. Well, it's like those synapses in the brain (laughs) and the pathways. We're going to keep at it. Amen? We're going to keep at it till thankful thoughts become thankful hearts. Amen? Thankful hearts. I'm going to wrap up here, but what if our complaining keeps us out of God's highest and best that God has for us? Like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, thanksgiving is a key. 
that I believe gains us unparalleled access to the supernatural presence of God. Sarah, this is for you in Jordan. And it's highest and best for us as sons and daughters. See, in the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. And only once a year at that, that was called the Day of Atonement. But then Jesus came on the scene, right? Jesus came on the scene, and once and for all, he gave his life as a ransom for many, and now we have free access to go into the presence of the Lord every day. So when Psalm 100 is saying, enter, into the pa- enter with the password, thank you, God's not just saying, hey, I'm going to give you everything you want when you thank me. That's not what God's saying to us today, although there will be blessings. What God's saying is, is I have not called you just to come into my presence once a year like the high priest back in the day. What he's saying is, is I want you to enter into my presence every moment of every single day and live in my presence. I believe that's the word for our church today is church. I'm calling you to live in my presence. Some of you are feeling empty and alone this season. It's because you're not living in the presence of the Lord. Called to abide, not just visit. And I really felt that strongly for our church. Live in the presence of the Lord. Having a thankful heart is the key for us to be able to live in the presence of the Lord. And when we're living in the presence of the Lord, we have access to everything that our Father has for us. Amen? And not just the things that we want. God knows the things that we need more than what we know. We know. He is, thank you. The password is, thank you. Say the password is, thank you. Do you have the worship team come up? I'm grateful for the worship team. Aren't you guys grateful for the worship team? We have great worship in this house. <laughs> And I believe great worship comes from great lives, lives surrendered to the Lord. There's places for you to go, church. There's people for you to meet. There's people for us to forgive today. There's business plans for you to forge into. There's marriages to be restored in the name of Jesus. But perhaps it's on the other side of our learning to say, Thank you. You challenged? I've been challenged all week. I'm challenged when Jake's like, I don't want to get brain damaged. (laughs) It is kind of funny. It's not funny, but it is funny. (laughs) We did a 21-day fast in January. Did you guys do that if you were here? It's awesome. We're going to do it again this January, so don't think we're not going to do it again because we're doing it again. But I had this thought this week, I was talking to somebody about it here. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Sarah. Maybe. What if we did a seven-day fast of complaining? Oh, it was, it was you. It was you. It was Kelly Baker. And she was like, we were hiking the other day. That's right. And she's like, oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot, she said, and only the way that she can. What if we did a seven-day fast of complaining and we could only give thanks? We could only give thanks. And I'm asking you to hold me accountable for this because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't want to miss what God has for me. You could say, Jenny, this is a simple word. I don't think so. I think this relates to every person in the room. 
I think that there's keys to the kingdom and thanksgiving is one of them. I think thanksgiving is one of them. And I think we're living in a time and a season where people are so focused on themselves and we're so focused on what we don't have or what we think we need. We're losing sight of, of who he is and why we are here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. So let's stand up. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.